Welcome to Cambridge Stronger, where culture counts and values matter most. I'm your host, Amy Weber, and joining me today is Jen Schaefer, president of Capital Advisors. Thanks for joining me, Jen. Oh, thanks for having me. I'm super excited. Yeah, your story is fun, a little bit different than many. So I'm really looking forward to our listeners being able to hear it and be inspired that there's yet another way that you can get uh, into this industry and find yourself the president of an organization. So let's jump right in. My favorite question. Let's talk about how you got here. How'd you get into the financial services industry? Walk us through that journey. Sure. Absolutely. It's a fun story. I agree with you. Um, I was actually working in a mechanic shop of all places and in college. Um, I had a fiance at the time. Well, still married to him now. But um, anyway, I was having some serious issues where I was working was not in the best situation. He heard me come home and talk about it. And he's like, hmm. So he ended up talking to his father who owned this financial services firm. And he thought about it. His dad was like, you know what? This might be a great opportunity. I need somebody to come work with me. So he offered me the position to come be his assistant. And it was probably one of the scariest things for both of us because it could be one of the best decisions we ever made or the worst. Um, Luckily, I'm super blessed that it was one of the best decisions I ever made. I used to say it was the best decision I ever made, but then my husband got a little upset. He's like, what about me? (laughs) (laughs) So, um, you know, it's worked out very, very well. And so I transitioned from being the administrative assistant to, you know, it's all these years later, we've worked together for almost 18 years now, but, um, and now the president and owner. So it's been quite a, quite a ride and really a ton of fun. So that was back in 2006, I believe. Um, so there's a lot that of years right. of growth and development and the two of you talking through potentially what role you should play and all of that. Let's, let's talk a little bit more about that journey. How did you decide that you were ready to go from administrative assistant to whatever the next step was to ultimately yeah. being client facing and running the firm? Yeah. So as the assistant, I was just the back office doing all the paperwork, which I still love paperwork. My One of my coworkers now is like, how do you love paperwork? I was like, I, I don't know. I'm really good at it. Um, so it went from that to we had an insurance leg of the business and we needed to fill a spot there. So I he needed somebody to kind of come in and be the face of that part of our business. So I did that really loved that. And then the health insurance world got shaken up, as we all know. And that became a transition for us in our office. So at that point in time, Rick approached me and says, what do you think about going to the dark side? And so we, the investment side of the business is the dark side of the business. And it's obviously an internal joke with us, but you know, I was terrified. Um, I love clients and I love the back end and the different responsibilities of working as the assistant. Um, But I dove in and really loved it and knew that it was the piece that I needed to move me forward. Um, So I was kind of holding myself back because of my comfort levels, but not realizing because I was so terrified about being in charge of somebody's finances that that kind of held me back a little bit longer than it should have. Um, But once I took the test and, got them all taken care of and started actually client facing, I knew that's where I needed to be. 
right? So you can truly feel the impact that you have on people and their lives. And it's quite life-changing. How did he mentor? How did that work? Get, getting the licenses is a, it's just a prereq, right? Um, depending on what your business looks like, we all know that you use maybe 30% of what you learn in some of those tests. But <laughs> it just, it's a rite of passage in many ways for us to Correct. move on. Correct. But how, how did the actual functional mentoring and, and growth happen? Did he bring you in? How did he introduce you? Did he bring you in just to observe for a while? Or did, did you tag team certain components by that point? Yeah. So since I started as the assistant, these clients knew a lot about me and knew me already. So that was a benefit that we had for our transition to me client facing. Um, he actually got a little, uh, not upset, but it was a sad when somebody started calling or clients started calling for me instead of him. He was like, wait a second. Um, but as we transitioned and he was really good at making sure I was in the meetings and understanding how this worked. And, you know, so I kind of sat back and observed for a long time. I say long time is probably maybe six months um, and started getting more and more comfortable in that six months of, you know, making a comment here or there and, and suggesting something maybe that Rick hadn't thought about or, um, but he was really good about making me part of the decision-making team. You know, I wasn't just sitting there to say, you know, whatever he says, um, we worked on it together and we still do to this day. There's things that come across and here or, or myself will say, Hey, this is what I have what would you do with the situation? Um, so he was wonderful at being very inclusive um, during that transition from me being advisor, I'm sorry, admin to advisor. I think that's key. It's still key today. And it's a hard lesson, you know, in our business, at least that generation, they were entrepreneurial and many of them were primarily solo, right? Building their business from the bottom. It was their baby. And I feel like Rick approached it in a really important way because clients are going to have a hard time respecting. I mean, if you never say anything in the meetings and or he contradicts and you're not building it in a collaborative way, how does a client go from, I'm going to call you when my paperwork needs to be signed to I'm trusting you with my entire future. They've got to see that evolution too, right? And I imagine there's some and, clients and who maybe didn't. I share. Sure. I mean, and he was really good about it saying, you know, he jokes, but he really means it that I've been the office for a long time. So even before I was the face, there was a lot that I did on the back end that clients just didn't know. So when we were making that transition, he was like, yeah, you know, all that stuff, that's Jen. Um, and it's not paperwork related. It's, you know, advice related and things that we do and how we work. Um, so, you know, and there's some clients that just aren't going to make that transition very easily and it's okay. I'm okay with that. Um, it's, you know, I try not to be upset, but I'm a human. And so, um, but yeah, I mean, most of them, I'd probably say 99.9% .9 of them made that transition very easily. That's great. Yeah. I just think it's a really important message for any listeners out there that are on either end. You know, the, the entrepreneurial predecessor of a really successful business and also the successors both have to kind of sometimes set their egos aside and come to the table 
and figure out a workable solution because it doesn't happen overnight and it's not an anointment. <laughs> you actually, yeah. clients have to follow, right? Uh, even if Rick wanted to just tap you on the head with his wand and say, okay, as of tomorrow, mm -hmm. you will be running the show, yeah. but it just doesn't happen that way. No, no, it takes time and flexibility from both sides, right? His side and my side, um, you know, understanding the transition of how I do things a little bit differently than he does things. And he has been so fantastic of saying, do what you need to do and what you feel is best for the company. Um, Cause that's ultimately what it's about as our clients. And, you know, we knew that things had to change just a little bit. I mean, it wasn't a complete 180, but we had to make some tweaks inside the business for me to continue running it. What, what can you share one or two of those? What, do they come to mind? Like, what were the fundamental changes that you had to work through? DocuSign. <laughs> Electronic use of time. Um, kind of one of the things we've talked about before is I had, in order to make that transition, I didn't want to work, nor could I work 60 to 80 hours a week like Rick was working. I have a young, at that time, pretty young family. My husband travels a ton for work. He's literally on call 24 hours a day, seven days a week, 365. So I had to find that balance. And so one of the things that I found and really leaned into was something as simple as DocuSign electronic signatures. Um, we, I think, doubted our clients a little more than we should, that they could actually get in there and understand it and you know, I am probably now up to 90, I don't know, probably 96% of the stuff that goes through the office is electronic. And it's so much easier, not just for the clients, but for us as well. So like when it comes back, we're not wasting time scanning in pages and pages of stuff. It's literally there and we load it right up. I mean, it's been a game changer. Great example. Thank you for sharing. So just like Rick couldn't do it alone, probably neither can you. So what do you surround yourself with? What's your team look like? the most amazing people ever. I am so blessed. Um, it took me a little bit to find my team, but boy, howdy, have I found them. Wow. That was a really Texan statement. Um, <laughs> I have the most amazing team that surrounds me right now. Um, you know, Rick, who is my father-in-law, my mom also works with me. And then I've got two of my really good friends who happen to be neighbors also work with me. And then my brother-in-law, I just brought onto the team. So um, we've really done a good job of what I call siloing on our side, what the job res responsibilities are, and they tackle what they're supposed to tackle. And it has been the most amazing change. And that's been over the last 12 months. How do you foster culture in that environment? Do you have regular meetings? Um, it's A lot of them are friends and family, so you probably already know their hearts. But mm -hmm. there's got to be some way that you bring them together so they gel together as a team. How does that work? Yeah. What are your tools that you need? Absolutely. So we have generally two meetings a month that we're talking about changes within the office. Um, because if you're not changing, you're falling behind. Not saying that you have to change every day, every month, every year. But what's wor what was working six months ago might not be the most efficient way going forward. And so we have started meeting generally twice a month and I grab lunch and we all go to the back office and we kind of just throw ideas out and, Hey, this is what we're trying to do. What do you think? It's a collaboration. I've never seen our office 
as a totem pole where I sit at the top, where we work horizontally. We're all in the same playing field, and that's very important to me, um, as well as to um, the people I work with, um, my friends and family, because I can't do it without them, and I tell them that all the time. Um, I wouldn't be where I'm at, and I couldn't continue to do what I'm doing without their help. Sounds very familiar. I think we work a lot like that here. So <laughs> yep, yep. it can be a really successful model and it gives people authority and empowerment to help you make decisions and know that you're, while you may not uh, execute every single thing that comes up, I imagine, right, as a team, Correct. but knowing that there's a voice, I think that's really important. Well, in my way, it's not always the right way. Um don't let my husband listen to this recording, but um, there's other op- options out there and different viewpoints of looking at the same thing. And I really respect that outside view because a lot of good ideas and great changes and updates to the way our office functions have, have come from these meetings. So uh, maybe the elephant in the room, and you absolutely can choose not to answer this, but A super common succession plan involves family members. I do think that in-law component is unique in your story. Um, Did Mm -hmm. you have any hesitancy towards that? I mean, we all get married, whether that be in our personal lives or in business, hoping it lasts forever. But did you have to have some frank discussions? And look at all the family members you've got got working with you now. Um, I imagine it carries on like, hey, if this doesn't work out, we're still going to love each other when we walk out the door. How did that work out for you? Absolutely. And that's a great point. I mean, I kind of touched on it early about deciding to even work here, um, that it could be really good or really bad. But we did have to have very frank conversations. And every time I've brought a friend or family into the fold, you know, it is very important. And I make it very clear that our friendship and family are very important because those are one and the same to me with the people that I'm working with. And I don't want my business or this business to be the detriment of that, right? So open conversations, if there's, you're feeling a certain way or something's going on, I would rather know about it so I can, you know, you know, stop the problem or whatever the case, or we can talk about what my thoughts are behind whatever's going on, depending on the situation. But we have to be able to leave work at work. And we've done a really good job, Rick and I specifically, and my mom and I specifically, because we've been working together the longest, um, have done a very good job of leaving work in these four walls. I mean, granted, we'll have some conversations, but when it comes to any tension or anything like that, that might come up because that arises in any workplace, right? Um, Frustrations or maybe there's something happening and then we can't get over. We got to work through it, but we've done a really good job of leaving it here. I think that's really important. It's something, communication is the key. I think human nature sometimes is to ignore dealing with that in the front end, which probably makes it harder than when something does happen. I remember the first time I really had to deal with it was probably 30, 35 years ago. And one of my dearest friends and I were peers at a large company Mm -hmm. before my pre-Cambridge life. And so, you know, we could go to battle at a conference table about whatever it is. And I say battle lightly. It wasn't like we were throwing things at each other, but we had different perspectives. We ran different departments. And, um, I was pregnant. She'd still walk me to my car and we'd talk about the baby. And, you know, ultimately, to your point, you have to leave it there and you have to talk about the fact that if this comes to an end for whatever reason, we'll both do it in a professional way. But we still are going to love each other when we're done. Absolutely. So I mean, and they're part of the reason 
um, they make the business so successful is nobody is going to fight for me like my friends and my family. Great point. Um, you know, it has its pluses and minuses, right? I mean, really, because you're with these people um, so frequently and spend so much time with them. I even tell Ryan, I was actually, my husband, I was telling him, I don't know, a few weeks ago that I was like, you know what? I've probably spent more time with your dad than you have. And he said, what? And I said, think about it. it. Rick traveled a lot. He was in the military, was gone a lot when the boys were growing up. I'm like, I have spent roughly eight to five Monday through Friday for almost 18 years with the man. And so, yeah, you know, I've really probably spent as much, if not more time. And he was like, wow, I never thought about it that way. Yeah. <laughs> but I mean, it's really been a fantastic um relationship. I couldn't have asked for a better mentor or a better person to guide me into this crazy world that we call finance. Yeah. yeah. Um, and so I was super lucky and blessed. Congratulations. So you brought it up. Let's talk about the crazy world of finance. I believe that I've read and I've spoken with you about the fact that you focus on small businesses and individuals to find solutions for their specific needs retirement planning, you brought up the insurance. How do you approach the whole planning process? Let's talk about now how your awesome team translates to serving clients and in the investing public, earning their trust and bringing them into your organization. Sure. Um, I approach most of it gingerly, as I like to say, because people don't like to talk about finances. It makes them uncomfortable. Most people um, feel like they're doing a bad job that I've talked with. Um, they just need some extra guidance, hence the reason they're coming to us. Um, so I try to make them understand that it is a team approach. It is not just us versus them. It is all of us together to make the right plan for them, ultimately with whatever pieces that we need to put together to make that plan work. Um, I have people that are touching base with clients all the time as, you know, just a friendly reminder if we need something uh, to bring it out or help them through the process. So for example, like there might be a, a DocuSign, I'm going to go back to that, that goes out and they have a question about something. One of the team members will jump on it immediately and make sure that we can help them with whatever they need. Um, they know that they don't necessarily just have to talk to me. They have this group of people that can help them through the process. So it's pretty cool um, that we're able to use our team in the manner that we are. Um, Janet, who's been with us a little over a year, has done a fantastic job. She's our client service representative and has done an amazing job of bonding with these clients to where they're getting to the point they'd rather talk to Janet than to me. So where I'm not going to be upset about it, I'm excited about it, that they want to talk to Janet and they know that Janet and Leanne can fix their issues. <laughs> so absolutely. And where are you find? Are you finding new clients? Are you growing mostly organically or are you out attempting to prospect and bring in new families? So um, for my side of the business right now, it's all organically. Um, my brother-in-law who I just brought on is out there just working hard and he's doing an amazing job as well doing the trying to make the new clients and make the new introductions. Cause we all know that that's very hard to do. Um, but yeah, most of our stuff right now is organically. Referrals. Do you get referrals in? Is that where he's yes. spending a bit of his time yep. from a marketing and prospecting? Yep. Absolutely. Referrals. He's reached out, you know, the, as a, the standard call all your friends. And unfortunately I have the family. So 
So he's kind of stuck to the friend side, but um, yeah. So doing that, reaching out to people, um, using the new texting platforms that are available to us, which thank you for that, because that's an amazing way to communicate with people, um, especially the younger generation now that a lot of times would prefer a text over an email. Um, uh, they get so many emails. I know I do. Um, I even told my pastor the other day, I'm like, if you need something that's really important, just text me. <laughs> I get like three or 400 emails a day. So it's funny. We, we always, uh, many of us will refer to, you know, the younger generation. And I'm like, wait a minute, I'm not, I'm old and I still hate emails. So <laughs> They have, they have convinced me they are right in that perspective. Yep. I 100% agree. 100% agree. So you also, I know, really lean into the whole independence and being an independent financial professional. It gives you the ability to offer flexibility, I'm sure. But talk about how you leverage that and why that's important to you. Sure. Um, we work with back to referrals that come to us and that are with lack of better term, stuck with whatever that provider provides. Um, I always like to say you can't force a square peg in a round hole in one situation or one product is not necessarily the best thing for everybody that walks through our door. And so I love the fact that we're able to propose things um, that will help them. And it's not necessarily the same thing. I'm not pushing the same annuity to everybody that walks through the doors, the same insurance policy or whatever it may be. I really have this plethora of things to choose from. Um, And I really think it's a game changer for us um, in comparison to some of the people around us that do what we do. We talked earlier about how technology uh, really makes your your whole office more efficient, the clients more efficient. Um, What are the couple of pieces of technology that you think financial professionals, if they aren't already using, should take a look at that besides we talked about DocuSign. I get, I agree with you. Mm -hmm. That's up at the top. Are there, is there anything else? I know you have a a strong desire to incorporate things so that, you know, you're running as lean and mean and efficient as possible. What do you, what are your uh, top other couple things that you use? Maybe it's not even technology. Yes. Yeah, so one of my, actually my top would probably be an electronic calendar um, where people can schedule. So I've got, I use Acuity, there's Calendly, all those things out there that we could use that it has changed our world. That was one of the things, one of the first things I did as far as efficiency goes, because I got tired of the, hey, I need to meet with you right now. I'm available at Tuesday at, you know, blah, blah, blah. And then by the time they get back to me, something else is filled up or I've got to wait until I hear back from them before I can move on to the other clients that I need to meet with. Um, So that was a huge game changer. So now I just send a link to the client um, or I don't um, either Janet or Leanne does and says, hey, click here. This is the live schedule. Um, and it literally shows. So if I book something in between the time that we send it and when they decide to get in, it's already there. Um, now you have to have some grace with, with it when you start, cause you have to figure out what the parameters are, but it, it was a game changer. I agree. I, I think it's hard sometimes for control enthusiasts like me and probably you <laughs> You give yes. up our calendar control, but mm-hmm. I too today, like I will be the one that says when I'm available in blocks, you know, in, out, yep. available. But 
then if somebody calls me and says, hey, can I have a half an hour? I'm like, well, you'll have to ask Jody because I don't know. I don't, if I've put it, yep. you know, if I've blocked it for business purposes, the last thing I want to do is what you just described, which is give him a time. And then she fills it up with something else. And I end up double, triple booked. Yep. And finally I was like, okay, I have to let go. And it does sound strange to people. They're like, you can't put me on your calendar yourself. I'm like, no, because she might be working on that time, that same time block with someone yep. else. And then I end up in trouble. So you're right. It is yep. one of those things that's probably <laughs> difficult to give up, but it's important to give up. It was, it really was. And that way it just, as a rep, or a financial professional, it really makes you look like you kind of have it put together too, instead of, you know, the back and forth and, oh no, I got you double booked. Now, granted, sometimes things happen and that's just the the way it is. Um, like, for example, if I forgot to have them block out, if I was traveling for whatever reason, I'm like, oh no, would you call so-and-so and tell them we need to reschedule? But those are so few and far between. And I just think it's a classier way to represent yourself if that makes sense instead of well let's see um but yeah so that was definitely my number one um what was my other one i can't remember what my other one was i had it too and it's gone but well, maybe it'll come I got back. so into talking about a calendar maybe yeah <laughs> maybe it'll come back to us um maybe Flexibility. So uh, speaking of flexibility, you were named one of the Spirit of Cambridge Award recipients in 2022. Congratulations again. Thank you. Uh, for those not familiar with this award, each year Cambridge honors three of our financial professionals and two associates for reflecting our core values. And if you're not familiar with us, flexibility is a big one of our core values and often the one that is the most fun for a lot of us to use, which is why Jen and I were just talking about that. But Jen, in your own words, talk about what that award meant to you and how did you feel when you were notified that the Cambridge employees, there's like 900 of them. So you must be representing those values on a pretty consistent basis to win. So what did it mean to you? It well, I was quite honored. That was never something that I even had in my thought that, hey, I'm going to receive this reward or award. Um, but what made it the most special was that it was people from Cambridge that I've worked with and um, that really see the same core values that Cambridge has in myself. Um, and with that being said, you know, I fight hard for my clients sometimes and, but I do it respectfully. And so to still, I mean, my clients are my passion. They're ultimately what I'm here for every day and being able to get this award from people that I work with on literally a daily basis, um, was quite amazing. Actually, I, um, St the award sits right up in the front office. It's still posted on our Facebook. <laughs> um, it's quite an accomplishment and it was quite an honor. And think, I really thank everybody there for voting for me. Um, it was really cool. And I actually got to do it with one of my really good friends. So that was really neat That's too. That's awesome. That's awesome. I think you hit on a really important point, which is to some extent, no matter um, what the relationship nobody's perfect and you're always going to advocate for your clients with Cambridge because something went sideways with our employees. You're having a conversation with them and they respect that as long as it's professional and you're, they know where the, the, um, what the intent is, they understand why whatever it is you're talking about is so important to you. You know, it, 
it doesn't take away from the votes. They probably, I'm guessing, I'm channeling um, all of our associates here a minute, but they feel that passion you have for their clients. And that's the same passion they have for you. So they want to- Absolutely. It's an alignment there again, where they're like, this is great. Yeah, it is. And there's a bunch of wonderful people there at home office that have walked us through some crazy situations and um, been they've been willing to listen when I'm just like, okay, I just need a little bit more. Give me a little bit more. Because sometimes it's just me understanding that a different perspective. Um, and so the patience that they, they offer me quite a bit um, is really refreshing goes both ways. I think that's why we're such a great partnership and we're so lucky to have you in our Cambridge Nation family. Thank you. So let's talk about outside work. You mentioned earlier that you had a young family when you started and you weren't going to work the number of hours that Rick did, which I really respect. I think that's a message that sometimes people lose sight of is you can you can control your journey as it relates to what oftentimes what your what your work life looks like. But talk about your family and what you do uh, in your free time so that we can make sure anybody thinking about getting into our business, whether that be younger generations or next second career, that they know they don't have to give up their life. My family is amazing group of people. I'm super lucky. Um, they definitely keep me busy. Um, but I made it a point just kind of to touch on what you said that they were going to be a priority. Um, my clients understand that they know that if my daughter has a volleyball game or a theater performance that I'm going to go to it, I'm not going to miss that time of her life, um, for, for work and they understand and they love it. They appreciate it. They're like, absolutely go. I want to hear all about it. Um, I don't have clients that balk at it and I'm so lucky. Um, so yeah, I have <laughs> what I spend a lot of my out time outside of work time doing is coaching. I've coached volleyball for, off and on for over 20 years. Um, and I had the pleasure of being able to coach my daughter's club volleyball team for f- several years. Um, this year I actually quote unquote retired from coaching because there's just a little bit more going on, um, with some other personal stuff that I couldn't do it. And it breaks my heart, but I love it. Uh, Coaching's my passion. I still, um, try to control myself from the sidelines as I watch now, instead of coach, um, I end up (laughs) sit, I call, call it putting myself in timeout. I got to go stand in the corner somewhere (laughs) and cheer from the corner instead of from the bench. Um, or the sidelines. And then, you know, we love going to play golf together, anything that we can do together, um, play board games or go swimming or watch movies. Anytime that we have some extra time that she's not busy doing something, I'm not busy doing something or Ryan's not busy. We really try to lean into those times. Um, But yeah, I just, I'm so lucky and I have ton of fun with, with both of them. And they're very supportive too. They understand um, what we're doing. And uh, I don't remember where I was going. Sorry. That's okay. They understand what I'm channeling you now. Your family has to also, while you prioritize the family and you'll be there, uh, sometimes there's something, a client emergency or a business trip where you can't make it. I know as a working mom and um, the fortunate thing is that especially your daughter's growing up. Um, and so she's, she's even able now probably than when she was little to understand that you're out doing some really good work. 
Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. I mean, of course she misses me when I'm gone, but she understands and just snuggles up and is more excited to see me when I come home. So, <laughs> and I mean, I'm a 13 year old, so she still wants to, to hug me and still likes me at this point. It's a good thing. <laughs> You're lucky. I think so I'll take every second I can. I think some parents are losing that long before 13. So that's good. Uh, yeah. Hold on to yeah. it. Um, Jen, is there anything that you think the listeners could get value from that we haven't talked about um, as it relates to your journey or our business? Um, Have I missed a question I should be asking you? I would say do things that make you a little bit uncomfortable. Change is a good thing. And it's we're always going to have change in our business. I mean, look at the last five years, how much has drastically changed in our business. And in order to succeed, you have to be able to pivot. Um, so make sure that you're able to do that. And sometimes it's frustrating. I just got something the other day and I was like, are you kidding me? But our team rallied together. How are we going to handle this? What do we do? Um, so I can be mad for a day about it, but then you got to move on. You got to just know that there's going to be changes and be ready to make the changes. Yeah. Great advice. I agree. Some days I sit in my office going, man, life was so much easier 20 years ago when we were small or (laughs) the regulatory (laughs) environment was less pressure. The velocity of change picks up every year. I feel like, you know, it used to be, it's always been an industry full of change. And most of us are in the business probably for that reason. But uh, the last 10 years, that pace picked up and the last, you know, it just keeps building. The last five are crazy. To your point, every day we come in, but you're right. Surround yourself with people who will help you solution and we can get through just about everything, especially together, putting our minds uh, all in one place on a topic. Yeah. And that's another thing that Cambridge provides is plenty of outlets for that. So not just with their home office um, groupings, but with other advisors, it's so invaluable to be able to talk with with other advisors that are going through it, the same thing. I mean, I have a lot of advisor friends that I'm like, man, 2023 just feels like I've been run over by a train. And they're like, me too. And as much as I don't want to be like, yay, somebody else is feeling it. I'm yay, somebody else is feeling it. Um, You know, so surround yourself, you know, with those people too. Um, I have wonderful advisor friends, actually my best friend I met through Cambridge. So, um, you know, Surround yourself with those people that can help. Absolutely. Well, thank you so much for joining us today. You've uh, provided a lot of really great information and inspiration. Cambridge is lucky to have your trust and confidence to be your partner of choice. And we look forward to helping you take it wherever you want to take it. Um, You've had great success thus far. I'm sure there's nothing but positive things in the future for you you and your organization. So thank you. Thank you for tuning in to Cambridge Stronger. I invite you to listen to my podcast episodes where I have candid conversations with genuine inspirational financial professionals and leaders within this fiercely independent financial services industry. The best of the best, the strongest of the strongest. You can listen to my podcast on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, Pandora, iHeartRadio, and the Podbean app. Stronger.